Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. Uh, I just want to take a few minutes, parents, and just kind of say thank you. And, and I tell you, I'm very, very impressed. Uh, you have invested in your kids this summer. Uh, there's a lot of, I'm just be honest, there's a lot of daycares, there's a lot of summer camps to go to. I get it. There's a lot, and there's a lot of really good ones. Uh, but you invested in um, more than, I think, really just a babysitting or a summer camp. You invested really in training your children uh, as in leaders, in leadership, and in teaching them really some good uh, biblical, you know, Christian principles about morality and integrity and so forth. I just think it, I think it was just really a wise choice. Um, <laughs> I was asking one of the kids uh, the other day, I went on the field trip and talking to some of the kids, and, you know, so what's a, what's a good thing to do for child raising or, you know, what's something you wish your parents would did or, or, or asking the kids, you know, how, how would you prepare parents to, to raise kids? And one of the kids said to me, so I know exactly how you teach a parent to be a good parent. I said, really, what do you do? <laughs> From the mouth of a child, right? He says, he says teach, just tell all the young couples. Tell you, go out and out to the field out there and, and just talk to a bunch of rocks. I said, why would you go talk to a bunch of rocks? And he says, because that's about what kids do for listening. <laughs> I said, okay, well, that's about the truth, you know. Um, but but you did, you've done a really good job. And parents, you invest in your children. And I don't know about you, but can I just ask a question? I'm just, just asking a question. You don't have to answer it. Just asking a question. Is the world getting weirder, or, or am I just really old-fashioned? I mean, is it, is it getting, like, stranger? It is getting really strange, and it's getting, like, harder and harder and harder to be a parent. Uh, we thought it was hard when we were just starting off with kids, uh, but uh, it's getting harder. You know, for some strange reason, uh, my, my family, you know, had a very interesting upbringing, my dad was a very abusive alcoholic, and, and I don't know why. And my mom didn't, when I was born, my mom didn't even go to church, so I, it wasn't like I was, you know, she was religious or anything. But for some strange reason, and I don't know, some strange reason, my parents thought it was important to put me into a Christian uh, daycare and a Christian preschool. And, and that kind of went on to a, even a Christian school and a Christian high school and so forth for most of the years, not all of them. But being the youngest of five, and I, to this day I have no idea why, uh, my father, with all of his problems and all of his struggles, somehow he financed, and I don't know, to put me through a Christian preschool, put me in a Christian uh, kindergarten, to put me into those things. I don't know why he did it. I still this day have no idea why he did it. I don't know how he afforded to do it. But he made the choice, and my mom made the choice, that there's a lot of things you could do, and this is what we're going to do. And, and I guess I look back at it. I'll be honest with you, parents. I look back at it, and I think, the influence that I had, even as far back as preschool, uh, somehow put me on the right path. I don't know, probably kept me from following, literally, following in my father's footsteps. Maybe, I don't know, maybe my dad thought, you know, I don't want him to go down this path. Let's just try something to keep him from going down this path. And, and maybe that's what it was. I have no idea. But um, uh, it was kind of a, a strange, crazy thing. But I look back at the, you know, the preschool that I went to when I was a kid. I don't remember the teacher's name. I just know she was old and she had gray hair. Kind of like me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who she was, but, but I remember all those songs I learned as a kid. 
I do. And those, those Bible verses, you know, the little Bible verses that they learned this summer, why do I remember that? I can't even tell you what I had for breakfast yesterday, but I can remember something that I learned when I was three, four, right, five years old, and that stuff just sticks with you, and, and it's just like glue. It doesn't leave you. It's interesting, in the Bible, uh, real quick, in the Bible, there's a guy named Paul, and it's over here in, in, in the right side of the Bible, in the book called Romans, and the reason it's called Romans is because this guy, this is 2,000 years ago, wrote a letter to the people that were living in Rome, and he was encouraging them to just, just don't quit, right? He's encouraging them, you keep raising your kids the right way, you keep doing the right thing, it's worth it, do the right thing. And he actually paints a picture, and I'm going to read a couple of these verses because they're really interesting. He paints a picture of what a city or what civilization would look like if, if God's taken out of it. And now remember, you got to remember, let's just get a little history. This was Rome 2,000 years ago, uh, known, known for what? Extreme immorality, right? I mean, it would make what we're dealing with today look like a Sunday school picnic, really. I mean, it just nothing compared to, to what they were going through. It was so bad that, that in Rome, the government said this. Now, the government hasn't said this yet in, in America, but they said it's okay that you have any religion that you want to have, as long as you make part of your worship, worship to the political party at that time. Okay, so you could, you could worship anything you want to do. You could do whatever you want to do at church, but you better make sure that part of it is worshiping the, the government leaders. Now, wouldn't that be bizarro? I mean, we can't even imagine that. And it got so bad to the point that it said anybody that considers themselves to be Christian or, you know, maybe you know the word like as Protestant, you know, uh, anyone that wants to be like that, you can do whatever you want to do, but you're not allowed in this city. So imagine if, imagine, imagine if our government said, okay, you can just stay, you can do whatever you want to do, but you can't come to downtown Milwaukee. You've got to stay outside of the borders of Milwaukee. Wouldn't that be weird? Wouldn't that be strange? And he goes on to paint a picture, and he says, this is what happens to a society when, when God's not allowed to be part of it, when you're not able to teach your kids Christian, Judeo-Christian principles. We are not able to teach them principles from this. Uh, I know most of you don't have your Bibles, but the kids had their Bibles. We'll put the verses on the screen. I just want to read a couple, and I want to get out of here because you got a lot of things to do today. But this is really cool. Look at this verse. It's Romans chapter 1, so it's the first part of this letter he wrote. This is 2,000 years ago, and he says this is what a society looks like. Now, I'm going to read this, and while I'm reading it, I just want you to ask yourself a question. Is this what our society is starting to look like? Okay, I'm just going to read it. 2,000 years ago this was written, and you just ask yourself, hmm, is this what our society is looking like today? So our government, uh, our schools, our education, uh, what's happening in, in, in media, what's happening in entertainment, what's happening in Hollywood. You tell me if this isn't what's starting to happen in America or what has been happening really, I really, I'd kind of say since the 60s when when the Supreme Court said no more praying in schools. I think we've kind of er, been doing that since then. But let's just take a look. Verse 28, uh, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, so they take God out of the picture, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So that word convenient means things that are not normal or things that are not expected. Now look at this next verse, verse 29. Look at this. And this is what a society looks like when God's taken out. You tell me, is this our society? Being filled with all unrighteousness, or that means literally that words there means morally wrong, 
fornication, which is adultery and incest, wickedness, covetousness, that means like greedy extortion, it means covetousness is not like jealousy. It's not like, oh man, you know, I wish I had that. Covetousness is saying, I really wish I had that, and I wish you didn't have it, and I deserve everything that should be coming to me. Even though my parents worked their whole life, you know, to have the finances in the house they have, I want it now, and I'm only 16 years old, or I'm only 20 years old. So this extreme covetousness where I expect this and I deserve this. Maliciousness, which, which just literally means just overall badness. It's just badness, you know. Full of envy, murder, debate. You can't tell me I'm wrong. Whatever I think is right is right. If you think it's wrong, that's fine for you, but it's not okay for me. If I think it's right, it's okay. We're going to debate this all day long. There will never be a resolution. Non, non-stop debating and fighting, okay? Deceit. Malignity, which just means bad character, whispers, going on to the next verse, verse 30, backbiters, people are just ripping each other behind the scenes, right? Stabbing each other in the back. It seems pretty much like that's the whole foundation of Facebook, doesn't it? I mean, really, we use Facebook, but you know, I mean, right? It's just, how can you rip people apart? Haters of God. Okay, Supreme Court, 1962 says you can't pray to God in church. You can pray to anybody else you want to. You can do whatever you want to do, but you can't open this book and pray in this, this name. That's kind of strange. But right? Despiteful, proud, boasters. <laughs> I love this part. Inventors of evil things. Like as if there's not a bad enough thing, we're going to invent some new way to be evil. Oh boy. Disobedient to parents. Now, I know that's none of us because all of our kids, including my two boys, are perfect little angels, and they've never, never disobeyed the parents. And all the church said, yeah, "Yeah, right, yeah. (laughs) Verse 31, do we have the next verse on there? Without understanding, not even looking at this, covenant breakers, a promise means nothing. Without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, just rude, crude, hardcore, down to the, you know, bad to the bone, just all the way down. And he says, that's what a nation is going to look like when you take God out of it. Now, you don't have to amen, you don't have to raise your hands, but I just want you to ask yourself a question. Is, is that kind of where, is that kind of where we're headed? Is, is that where we, I mean, let's just be honest. Is, is it getting better? No, it's not. I, I, it saddens me. It's getting worse. People ask me all the time, you know, Pastor Dan, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. Is it going to get better or is it going to get worse? Here's my little quick prediction. Ready? I, I think it's going to have to get a little bit worse. I, I just, why? I, I don't wish it. I don't want it. Because I just, I kind of think our nation, like, kind of needs to be brought to her knees a little bit and says, whoa, enough. Like, kind of get to the bottom of the barrel and say, enough is enough. Let's stop it. I, unfortunately, I just don't think society as a whole is there yet. I, I think we're still pretty much strutting our stuff. The economy is good. Things are good. You know, and we just, we're just going to do whatever we want to do, and I don't need you to be part of it. So parents, I say that to say this. I am proud of you. I really am. I am proud of you for investing. I literally mean this, for investing in your children, at least saying this. I don't know everything. I'm not going to church. You're not going to make me come to church. That's great. But at least you said this this year. I don't know everything, but I do know a little bit of that surely won't hurt my kids. A little bit of that, a little bit of this is 
probably really good for my little kids because maybe it'll help them just a little bit to stay on the right path, right? Because, because there's an awful lot of day camps, awful lot of preschools, awful lot of places you could go, and there's some really, really good ones. Most of them, that's fine, don't want anything to do with that, and that's fine. That's totally fine. But you made a choice to say, I think we need some of this in raising our kids because I don't want them to turn out like that, right? It just can't hurt. And some reason, like I said at the beginning, some reason, I don't know why, I don't know why, some reason my dad, who was a totally abusive alcoholic, he wanted nothing to do with church, he was what you'd call a, a non he just, I don't know, is he there, is he not there, I don't care about God, I don't want to look at that, maybe he's there, maybe it's true, I don't know, but, but, but my dad for some reason said, well, I don't know everything, and I don't ever want to go to church, but I think that a little bit of this is definitely going to help my kids not head in the path that he headed in as a total alcoholic and a womanizer and, and just, just bad to the bone. Nice guy, but just made a lot of really bad choices. So, so maybe that's you. Maybe you said, well, maybe it's just, it's worth something, you know? And yeah, it's a fun camp. They do a lot of cool stuff outside. It's the best deal in town. I tell you what, I tell you what, this summer camp financially, it's the best deal in all of Lake Country. I'll just give you that. I don't know what the deal is. I'm looking at the books going, why aren't we charging double for what we do? I mean, I'm, you know, shopping all these other places going, man, alive for what we do. I, what are we doing wrong? Well, I figured out I'm going to do it the Walmart way, and we're just going to lose money. We're going to make it up on volume. We lose enough money, somehow we still pay the bills. I don't know how it goes. But it's kind of cool. The same guy, Paul, also wrote this in this school, Romans chapter 3. He's the same guy that said, this is what a nation looks like when things get bad. Romans 3, look at this verse 23. He says this. He says this, for all have done wrong, all have sinned, everyone. There's no one exempt from it. And Paul's including himself. He says, everyone's done wrong and comes short of the glory, or that word there would kind of like mean the perfection of God. And the term there really is an archer, you know, with the bow and arrow. And he's saying like everyone's pulled the, the bow and arrow back and they shot the arrow and they all missed the mark. You missed the bullseye. You've, you've come short of what God expects. Why? Because the only way to pay for the bad things we've done. Look at the next verse, Romans 6, 23. Look at this verse. Paul said this, because the wages or the cost, or parents, you'd understand this, the mortgage of the things you've done wrong, look at that, is death. It's not a matter of paying amount of money. The, the cost of that is not going to church. The cost of not of that is, is, is paying for that playground. The cost of, of the bad things you've done is not taking Holy Communion. The cost of doing that is not turning your life over. He doesn't say that. He says the cost of the bad things you've done is death. Death means eternal separation from God and hell. But look at this. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. How? Through going to church. No, through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says you have debt to pay. You can't pay it. There's no way you could ever pay it. The mortgage for what you've done wrong is eternal separation from God. You're going to have to pay for it forever in hell. And you say, Pastor, are you allowed to say the word hell in church? It's the only place you're allowed to say hell in church because here's the reason. This book talks more about hell than it does about heaven. Do you know that? Why? Because I think God wanted to make sure that we got it through our thick skulls. I'm not kidding. I'm not joking. I'm not making this up. 
I'm more concerned that you understand that there really is a hell. It's not like what Johnny Carson, those of you that are old enough, you remember Johnny Carson? He would say, I can't wait to go to hell and be with all my friends. Mr. Carson, I'm sorry, with all due respect, the Bible says it's not that. The Bible says it's eternal separation from God with no hope. And God says the payment for the bad things you've done is death. Someone has to die to pay the mortgage, and if it's not paid for, you will spend an eternity in hell. Now take this other, this other verse here, the same guy wrote, Romans chapter 5, 8. He says this, but God introduced or, or commended his love toward us while we were sinners, Christ died for us. The story of Christmas, Jesus came, born in a manger, but the story of Easter, the fact that Jesus Christ died, he died for us. Remember I said that other verse said the, the cost or the mortgage of the bad things you've done is death. So God said, okay, I'll pay the mortgage. My son will die for you. What do I have to do? Do I have to go to church? Do I have to give money? Do I have to take Holy Communion? Do I have to get baptized? What do I have to do to, 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 to pay that mortgage? And God said, yeah, you can't do it. You can't pay it. My son paid it, and all I want you to do is believe it. I want you to trust in that, depend on it, that he paid your mortgage so you don't have to. Look at this verse, probably the most popular verse in the Bible. I say this every Sunday. <laughs> I love it. It's such a cool verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That was Jesus, right? That, that look, that whosoever goes to church, no. Gives money, no. Stops doing drugs, no. Whosoever believes in him should not perish. You won't die, but you will have everlasting life. You won't spend an eternity in hell but you will have everlasting life. The moment you die, you won't go to hell. You'll go to heaven. You'll be with God forever. But the deal is that Jesus paid the debt so you don't have to. Jesus did the work so you don't have to do the work. Easiest way to explain it. Pretend this is me and you. Pretend that my iPhone is all the bad things we've done. Here we are. Here's the bad things. Pretend this hand's God. God's in heaven. Heaven's perfect. There's no sin in heaven. God said, I love you, but I hate the sin. The sin keeps you from going to heaven. The wages, remember that verse, the wages, the mortgage for that sin is death. God said, I'll send my son Jesus. Now watch, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, you know the story of Easter, right? When he died on the cross, God said, when he died on the cross, his death paid that mortgage, and all you have to do is accept it. God, I realize that Jesus Christ paid my mortgage. I can't pay it. I'm a sinner, I can't pay it. But I know that Jesus, he paid my mortgage. I accept that. And God, God looks at you through his son and says, forgiven. The mortgage has been paid. Not because you went to church, not because you got baptized, not because you were a good person, not because you put your kids in this preschool, but because you believe, you've accepted the fact that Jesus paid the mortgage for you. Pastor Dan, I've heard all my life that it's hard and I have to work hard to pay for it. You've been told wrong Nowhere in this book does it say you work for your, your, your sins. It doesn't say it. You cannot find me a verse, but, but I grew up going to church, and they told me how to do, you know, good little boys go to heaven, bad little boys go to hell. That is not in this book anywhere. It's not. I'll give you a million dollars if you can find it for me, because you can't find it. It's not there. Good people are not in heaven. Who's in heaven? Bad people are in heaven, right? Why? Because their mortgage was paid. If good people were going to be in heaven, there would be no one in heaven because you haven't been good enough and neither has the pastor. Forgiven people are in heaven. Bad people 
that accepted the fact that Jesus paid their mortgage. They're the ones that are in heaven, right? That's what that verse says, that God loves the world so much that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So this morning, we're done. I just want to encourage you. Have you ever trusted in the fact that Jesus Christ paid your sin debt for you? Have you? Or are you thinking, well, if I go to church, if I give money, if I, if I, if I send my kids to preschool, God will balance it out and he'll send me. No, it's not in the Bible. It's a matter of you understanding, God, I'm a sinner. I can't pay the mortgage, but I know that you paid the mortgage for me. And I accept it. I trust it. I believe that. I'm, I'm resting my eternity on the fact that you paid it for me. I'm trusting in what you did. Not, not in me, not in what I do, but in only what you did. That's the moment you become a child of God or a Christian, as the Bible calls it, right? Because you've been born again. You've trusted in what Jesus did, not what you've done, okay? Let's close with a word of prayer, and then we're going to sing one more song. We're going to get you out of here a couple minutes early, which I tell you is unbelievable for a Baptist church. We ought, to, <laughs> we ought to charge extra just for that. Let's have a word of prayer and let's be done. Heavenly Father, I'm thankful that these parents are, are, are smart and they're wise. They're investing in the future, and they're investing in the fact that they realize that bringing God into their children's lives is important. It doesn't mean they have to do everything right. doesn't mean they have to go to church. It just means that they realize that there's some importance to it. They're investing in, in changing this nation and this world by bringing you back into the picture. Good for them. Good for them. Would you bless them in their jobs? Would you bless them in their work? Would you, would you just give them a special blessing for doing that? Lord, I pray maybe someone today has never trusted in you as Savior. Maybe someone today came in here today thinking they had to be good, they have to go to church, they have to get baptized, and that would get them to heaven. But Father, nowhere in the Bible does it say that. It just says we can simply believe or accept, depend, rely upon the fact that Jesus paid the mortgage for us. Maybe someone today, in the quietness of their mind, right where they're sitting right now, dear God, I realize I'm a sinner. God, I can't pay the mortgage, but you did. I accept that. I'm trusting in what Jesus did to pay my mortgage for me. And God, you promise that you'll, you'll never leave them, never forsake them, but they are a child of yours. Maybe someone's done that this morning. Maybe someone's thinking about that right now, trusting you right now. Would you give them a special, special blessing today? How awesome for them to remember that today is the day I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Work in their hearts, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you for all those that uh, worked in their summer program this year and uh, ask for a blessing in the remainder of our afternoon. In your name we pray. Amen. very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.